0: Let's pray and ask God to help us to understand it together. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word to us in the Bible. We thank you that the words of Jesus have been recorded for us. We pray now that you would help us to understand what he has to say to us. Uh, Please, by your spirit, open our eyes to the truth and give us ears to hear you speak to us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, have you ever noticed that uh, not everyone responds to Jesus in the same way? I'm sure you have. I mean, we've probably all seen heaps of different reactions to Jesus. And not all of them are positive ones. Uh, There's a whole range of responses, from the rolling of the eyes uh, when the word Jesus or Christian comes up in a conversation, uh, to the flat-out rejection and anger uh, that accompany disagreement with what Jesus says, and the claims that he makes in our lives. Uh, there's people like Richard Dawkins, uh, who are proudly atheist, who've rejected Jesus as a flight of fancy. Or there's people who think that being a Christian might be good. They like the idea of it, you know, what they can get out of it. But when they realise the cost, it all just becomes too hard. Uh, like my friend Jim Uh, he loved hearing about what Jesus has done for him uh, by dying on the cross when we were studying the Bible together. But when it came down to following Jesus, he wasn't prepared to change the way that he lived for the sake of the gospel. He wasn't prepared to wear the Christian label. Uh, I'm sure we all know people who've responded to Jesus like that. But they're not the only responses. There's people who start following Jesus but then something goes wrong. Or there's just something a bit more interesting. And so uh, they leave no room for Jesus in their life. They just, mo- they just move on to other things. Or there's people who follow Jesus for years and years. But then they just get a bit fed up. And so they give up on Jesus, stopping following him. And then you look at church. And it's no better Churches all over the place are closing their doors because no one's interested. Uh, Anything church-related, it's treated like a bit of a joke. And churches that actually try to teach the Bible, well, they're treated worst of all. Is something going wrong? Is Christianity some kind of a sinking ship, a lost cause? Should we be jumping in the lifeboats and getting away from it as fast as we can? Because so many people are rejecting Jesus. It's got to make you wonder if God's kingdom is ever going to grow. You know what I mean? If people are rejecting Jesus, can God's kingdom survive at all? Is the kingdom of God in serious trouble? Uh, It's this this question which I'm sure the disciples were asking themselves as we come to look at Mark chapter 4 tonight. Over the last few weeks, we've seen many different responses to Jesus as he's been teaching about the kingdom of God. And so far, it hasn't been impressive at all. Remember what's happened. Jesus has arrived on the scene. He's been preaching. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus has come to forgive sins and he's come to call sinners to follow him. And he's been preaching and casting out demons and healing. And so far, there's been plenty of people coming to see him, coming to see him for an amazing cure or for an exorcism. Uh, But then they all just head off their own way as soon as they get what they want. Treating Jesus like some kind of a genie. They don't come to follow Jesus at all. Is the kingdom of God in serious trouble? And uh, not only that, there's been slow-growing opposition to Jesus and the message that he brings. Remember the last couple of weeks where we've been looking at chapter 3. First, the Pharisees and the Herodians were plotting to kill Jesus. Uh, His family, they think he's mad. And the scribes, well, they accuse him of working for Satan. Is something going wrong? Is the kingdom of God in serious trouble? So far we've seen that only a few people have come to Jesus, like the disciples who follow him and obey what he says. But even they're not very impressive. They're just a bunch of fishermen and tax collectors. It doesn't look like the kingdom of God is very near. And in fact, with opposition in the background and people coming to Jesus for all the wrong reasons, it doesn't look like Jesus is having much success at all it actually looks like Jesus is on the retreat. Surely the disciples would be thinking, is something going wrong? Is the kingdom of God in serious trouble? But Jesus has something to say about the dire situation which we see. He speaks in parables, telling the crowd many things. But he tells one particular parable about a farmer who goes out to sow some seed. The seed falls on four different sorts of soils. Three of the soils produce no lasting crop whatsoever. But then the fourth one produces a bumper crop. Let's read it together from Mark chapter 4, verse 1. Mark 4, verse 1. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore of the water, at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it didn't, didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they were withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plant, so that they they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times. Then Jesus said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. It's a pretty simple picture, isn't it? a farmer sowing seed Uh, we can all relate to that but it's actually not that easy to figure out what jesus is talking about and so uh, the 12 disciples and some others uh, they find a time later on when they can ask jesus why he uses parables why doesn't he just speak plainly about what he wants people to hear and jesus says the secret of the kingdom of god has been revealed to the disciples, they're insiders to the kingdom. But other people, well, they'll only ever hear in parables because he doesn't want them to understand. He doesn't want them to figure it out. They're outsiders to the kingdom. Jesus is using parables as a riddle, using them to sort out who's for him and who's against him. It's only those who understand the riddle who will be included in the kingdom of god and the others they're going to be confirmed in their unbelief confirmed in their rejection of jesus and left outside the kingdom read with me verse 10. when he was alone the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables he told them the secret of the kingdom of god has been given to you but to those on the outside Everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Jesus is quoting a part of the Old Testament. It's from Isaiah chapter 6, where God pronounces judgment on hard-hearted Israel. So uh, when Jesus quotes it in Mark, he's saying that the parables have the same purpose, to pronounce judgment on those who don't get it, excluding them from the kingdom of God. It's a bit disturbing, isn't it? Aren't parables supposed to make things uh, easier to understand? Aren't they supposed to help us understand what Jesus is saying? Earthly stories with heavenly meanings. Isn't that what you were taught in Sunday school? But here... Jesus is actually saying parables are supposed to make things harder. He uses them specifically to make it difficult to understand, unless you've been given the secret of the kingdom. But even then, it's not enough to be told you've got the secret. It's not enough for the disciples to be told they've got the secret, to be told they're insiders, because they still don't understand the parable. It's got to make you wonder, is something going wrong? If even the insiders, the ones with the secret, if they can't understand the parables, is the kingdom of God in serious trouble? Well, the disciples, they don't understand. And so Jesus explains it to them. He says, it's a parable about his ministry. See verse 14 the farmer sows the word. That's how we know it's about Jesus. Because he's the one preaching about the kingdom of God, telling people to repent and believe the good news. And uh, then the parable goes on and it tells us about the four different responses to Jesus, The four different responses to the word. The first three are the wrong type of response to Jesus. Uh, from verse 13. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, well, they're like seed sown on rocky places, Sorry, Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Did you see the first response? Some people have the word taken away as soon as they hear it, like the Pharisees and the scribes. It goes in one ear and out the other. They refuse to accept Jesus for who he really is, uh, in spite of all the evidence that they've seen. Jesus is rejected straight away, and there's no way that Jesus' word will have any effect on them. And the second response to Jesus has similar results. Uh, Some people, they like the sound of what they hear. They like the things that Jesus can do for them. You know, like having your lifelong illnesses healed or having your demons cast out. But as soon as it looks like it'll cost them something, they're not interested. As soon as they have trouble for uh, following Jesus, they give up on following him. Again, Jesus' word It doesn't mean anything for them. And then there's the third response to Jesus. Because of the way they're living, these people, they can't really accept what Jesus says. Too many other things get in the way of listening to Jesus. Other priorities, their own sinfulness, they weigh them down and prevent the word of Jesus from really affecting their lives. Jesus is just crowded out by everything else. It's not very impressive, is it? None of these responses to Jesus have any lasting results. There's nothing positive going on. The word is being sown, but no one is responding. Is the kingdom of God in serious trouble? The answer's there at the end of the parable. Nothing is going wrong. The kingdom of God's not in trouble because some people will hear Jesus' word, they'll accept it, and they'll grow to produce a crop for the kingdom. They'll grow in their understanding of what they hear, following Jesus and becoming more like him. So the kingdom grows to be many times bigger than before. It's there in verse 20. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. So are you with it so far? Have you understood the parable? Jesus speaks the word about the kingdom of God, and there's going to be a variety of responses to him. There'll be people who hear the word but reject it. But there's also going to be people who hear the word, accept what Jesus says, and so become part of the kingdom. Uh, We've actually all seen uh, these responses as we've been going along in Mark's Gospel. And you can see it through the rest of Mark too. And it's actually a fantastic thing to do, to sit down and read through Mark from chapter 1 to chapter 16, uh, looking at all the different character responses to Jesus. And you can fit them in with what this parable says. You can see who's in the kingdom, And who's out of the kingdom of god determined by their response to jesus and i'd encourage you to do that this week but despite the opposition in mark's gospel and despite all the wrong responses to jesus and despite the unimpressive nature of things so far the kingdom of god's not in trouble the kingdom of god will grow as people listen to jesus and accept him That's just the way Jesus says it's going to be. But notice as well that listening and responding to Jesus doesn't stop once you're on the inside. Look at the disciples, for example. They're on the inside, but they still couldn't understand the parable without Jesus. They needed him to explain it to them. Even for people on the inside, Jesus continues to reveal the hidden truth about God's kingdom in fact jesus uses the picture of a lamp to illustrate it you don't light up a lamp just to cover it or hide it and stay in the dark no you use a lamp so you can see in the same way jesus hasn't come so the kingdom can stay hidden forever jesus has come to be revealed jesus has come to reveal the truth about god's kingdom Read verse 21 and 22 with me. He said to them, Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. Whoever comes to Jesus and listens to his word and accepts what, uh, what he says well, they can have the secret revealed to them. Just like a lamp reveals, Well, so does Jesus. Is the kingdom of God in serious trouble? No, the kingdom of God will grow as people listen to Jesus and accept him as he reveals the kingdom to them. And so uh, Jesus goes on and he tells his disciples to listen up. Listen really hard to what he's saying, because the more they listen, the more they'll understand. He's right there in front of them, sowing the word. And as the people listen and accept what he says, more will be revealed to them. Uh, But there's a warning as well. He says that anyone who won't listen, what little understanding they do have will be taken away, confirming them in their unbelief. Take a look down at verse 23. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Consider carefully what you hear, with the measure you use it, sorry, with the measure measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. Now, it's that purpose of parables again, assorting the insiders from the outsiders. <coughs> Uh, Some receiving the secret of the kingdom of God more and more by keeping on listening to Jesus, while others are just left in their judgment. Uh, That's how the kingdom of God's going to grow, by people coming to Jesus and listening to what he says. Jesus is the one who reveals the kingdom of God and those who respond to what he says in the right way, listening more and more, well, they're the ones in the kingdom. And it doesn't stop there, because Jesus is confident that the kingdom is going to grow. Jesus isn't concerned in the slightest uh, what the kingdom looks like at this point in time. He doesn't care that it looks like it's in serious trouble. In fact, he knows that from this point on, the kingdom of God is going to be unstoppable. It'll grow and grow and grow in some mysterious way. Almost like it's got a mind of its own. Just like a farmer who sows his crop and then it grows and grows and grows all by itself until harvest time. From verse 26. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he doesn't know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Is the kingdom of God in serious trouble? No way! Not according to Jesus. Jesus knows that kingdom growth is going to be unstoppable. And it will keep growing and growing and growing until it produces the harvest that God wants. And it's not going to be a small harvest either. Uh, This harvest is going to be huge. Uh, Even though in the flow of Mark's gospel so far, uh, the kingdom looks very unimpressive, uh, Jesus knows that it's going to be massive in the end. Uh, In spite of the opposition and the wrong responses to him, Jesus knows that because of his message the kingdom of God is going to explode into something huge. It might start off like a small little mustard seed, but it will end up like one of the biggest trees. Uh, Read the last parable with me from verse 30. Again he said, What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed you plant in the ground. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. See, the kingdom of God is not in serious trouble. Despite all appearances, it's going to be huge. So uh, let's just take a moment and let's think about how all those things go together. When Jesus first brought in the kingdom, it looked as though it was in serious trouble. But it wasn't. It was only ever God's intention that some people would understand and accept Jesus. There would always be some people who would listen to him. In fact, Jesus stands as a lamp, ready to reveal himself to anyone who has ears to hear. And Jesus promises increasing understanding to those who want it. Despite appearances, Jesus knew that his kingdom would be unstoppable, growing and growing and growing until it reached the harvest he wanted. So even though the kingdom started small and looked like it was in serious trouble, it would grow to be massive. So then... How do we think about the church today? Uh, Is it a sinking ship? Do we need the lifeboats? Is it in serious trouble? Well, no. As we uh, look at the rejection and the closing churches and the people walking away, that's just as God intends it. It's not taking God by surprise, and it shouldn't surprise us either. So as people walk in the door and join us here at Chatswood. uh, We shouldn't be surprised if they don't stay. But at the same time, we should expect to see the kingdom of God growing. Not being surprised when it actually does. Not being surprised when people come in the door and hear about Jesus and follow him, accepting what he says, listening to him, obeying him. The question, though, Uh, The question is, though, are you in the kingdom or not? Are you an insider or an outsider? Are you good soil or bad soil? Do you have ears to hear or not? The uh, The question is not, is the kingdom of God in serious trouble? But rather, are you in serious trouble? And it all comes down to the way you hear Jesus. As we read Jesus' words in the Bible, we need to respond rightly to what he says, accepting it. Even when it's hard to understand or not what we want to hear, it's Jesus who reveals God's kingdom to us. We need to put ourselves under his teaching, like the disciples, listening to him. Acknowledging what we don't understand, but at the same time, trusting him to reveal more and more to us as we listen to him. Uh, But, you know what? If we don't listen to Jesus, if we don't read the Bible and let it impact our lives, we're, we're actually outsiders. We're bad soil and we will be excluded from the kingdom of God as people who've rejected Jesus. Uh, And that should be a warning to us. Maybe you're tempted to give up on listening to Jesus. Uh, You don't want to accept what he says. Maybe you're tired of hearing Jeff and Warren and others uh, talk about, uh, tell us, to listen to Jesus. Maybe you're just sick of standing out as a Christian and you want to blend in. Maybe you're tempted to, To give up on going to bible study or tempted to give up on coming to church because frankly there's something else you'd rather be doing well can i warn you don't stop listening to jesus because if you do you're an outsider you're bad soil and you will be excluded from the kingdom of god what little understanding you have uh, of god at the moment will be taken away, and you'll be confirmed in your unbelief. Please, don't be like the Pharisees. Don't be like the scribes. Uh, Please, don't be like Richard Dawkins. And don't be like my mate Jim. Don't stop listening to Jesus. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do praise you for the Lord Jesus who came to earth to take the penalty for our sin. We thank you, Father, for all that he taught us uh, through his word, which has been recorded to us. Father, we pray that what we've heard tonight, that we would truly listen to him. Father, we pray that uh, each one of us here would accept the words of Jesus and follow him with all our lives. Please, Father, stop us uh, when we're tempted to just walk away. Uh, please free us from any uh, feelings of uh, disappointment with church or uh, not wanting to be here. But Father, help us to cling to Jesus and really want to hear him speak to us. And we pray that by your spirit, uh, you would do that work in us. We pray, Father, that as we here at Chatwood continue to preach the word and listen to Jesus speak, that we would see the kingdom grow here. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.